This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 143, Nervous System Resilience and Marriage. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech-language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. We are continuing to talk all about nervous system resilience and different topics. We have talked about nervous system resilience and being an entrepreneur. Then we talked about it with being a parent. And today I want to talk about nervous system resilience and being in a marriage or a romantic relationship. But before we dive in, I just want to let you know that this week is the last opportunity you have to sign up for my advanced training in nervous system resilience doors are closing this weekend. We start next week. Now this training is for coaches, for helping professionals, but it's also for people who want to take a deep dive into learning about their nervous system. So many of the people I've been talking to, or those, there's some who have already joined, are not really looking to do this work professionally. They just said that they knew that the mindset work and thought work was great. It just wasn't enough. And this was the missing piece. And I believe it is. So join me in this training. The link to join is in the show notes. So hopefully I will see you there. Now today we are going to talk about nervous system resilience and marriage or romantic relationships. Like I already mentioned, nervous system resilience really does have a role everywhere, but it is especially important in our relationships. Back on episode 138, we talked about the importance of understanding our nervous system and the role it plays when you're a parent. And we talked a lot in that episode about co-regulation and how our kids actually learn how to regulate themselves by co-regulation. And all throughout development, there is a role for co-regulation. Now, co-regulation, if you remember, it's essentially the process where two or more individuals, they work together to regulate their emotional, behavioral, or physiological responses to a situation. It does involve the ability to adjust your own behavior or emotional state in response to the behavior or emotional state of another person. So not only is co-regulation important with our children, it's important in all our relationships. So today I want to talk more about the role of the nervous system in our romantic relationships, because the more we can nurture our nervous system, the healthier our relationships are going to be. Let's talk first about relationships. And I kind of want to set the tone of my perspective on relationships. And again, this is just my perspective. I actually talked about it in a speech that I gave at my stepdaughter's wedding last month. And I also wrote about a similar concept on my blog years ago. I had been reading some books about marriage and I stumbled across the concept. I think the original concept comes from a book called The Good Marriage by Dr. Judith Wallerstein. But I always end up remembering things slightly differently and then adding my own spin. So it's not probably exactly what she wrote about, but it is her writing that triggered my idea. So I just wanted to share that's where it came from. 
In my wedding speech to my stepdaughter's wedding, I shared that Jerry Maguire, it was a popular movie back in the 90s, and Tom Cruise made the line famous, you complete me. And while it seemed pretty romantic at the time, it really did perpetuate the idea that a person is looking or needing someone to complete them that they're not whole on their own. So I kind of think of it like they're this half circle and they're running around trying to find the perfect match of their other half circle. And in my speech, I shared that actually, I think the beauty of marriage is what you can create. And it starts with two people who are whole, who are whole circles. And they're always working towards expanding and working towards their wholeness. So two people They're independently worthy. They own their own thoughts, their own ambitions, their ideas, their passions, creativity. Now, they may have different interests. They may have different stories. They have different strengths and weaknesses. They have different paths. But there is something beautiful that happens when two whole people come together. And instead of two halves creating just this one circle, it's two wholes that come together and create a marriage, which is a completely separate entity. And they invest in that third entity. They nourish it, they celebrate it, and they take care of it. A good marriage, in my opinion, is a choice. It's not something you hope for. It's not something you fall into. Not something you cross your fingers and hope for the best, but it's something that you choose every single day. No, it's really funny because at the wedding, a couple of my friends, they said they were a bit afraid when they heard me say that whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me because they too felt strongly that actually, no, that's a recipe for disaster. It's not a recipe for a great marriage. It's a recipe for a codependent marriage. So luckily I did clarify that a good marriage requires wholeness or at least to be on the journey with a goal to wholeness. And wholeness is going to include a whole lot of regulation. Even when I said that we want to wake up every day and choose our partner, a good marriage is a choice. Well, choice requires executive function skills. To live deliberately, to live intentionally, you need to be regulated. When you are dysregulated, you're not actually able to choose how to respond. You're simply reacting and you are reacting based on the state of your nervous system. So go back and listen to the episode that I had. I think it's called Three Stories. It's episode 121. If you are in that hyper aroused state, hyper vigilant, or as I call it, team hyper, then you're going to be in a protective activated state. And the lineup is going to be fight, flight, and freeze. And freeze is actually more of a mixed state, but it is a state that is going to flavor your thoughts, feelings, and actions as well. So you may find yourself hypersensitive, racing thoughts, anxious, on edge, snippy, edgy, or maybe there's some anger there or even defensiveness. And you can feel the energy in your yourself or in your partner if they're in that zone. If one of you is in this state or even both of you are in this state, you may find that you have a lot of drama in your marriage, a lot of fiery conversations. Maybe there's some contention. Maybe there's some irritability, a lot of fighting or just avoiding each other altogether. Maybe one or both of you feel like you're walking on eggshells with each other, worrying that you're going to set a bomb off when you say something or do something. 
Now, if one or both of you is on team hypo, so hypo aroused in that shutdown state, this can impact everything too, because things are going to be flavored with hopelessness and helplessness. There's probably going to be some victim mentality happening. And you may want to check back on episode 120, where I talked all about the drama triangle and about being a victim there. Now, there can be a space of helpless, hopeless, sad. You can feel exhausted. You can feel burnt out. And again, maybe there's going to be some avoidance behaviors. So team hyper and team hypo. Then there are these mixed states, which I briefly mentioned, hyper and hypo mixed together, which is freeze, that can fuel your story. There's also something called fawning, which is a type of people-pleasing, where one is giving in all the time to the other to make the other person happy. So it's an adaptive coping response that you can often see in different states, but it is also coming out of the need for survival. Where do you need to be and where do you want to be if you want to create this third entity that I talked about earlier, where you can be whole, your partner can be whole, you need to be on team resilient in that zone of safety. And the wider it is, wider that zone of safety is, the better it's going to be. That's where you can connect. You can communicate. You can have compassion, curiosity, be creative and be patient. You're tolerant. And of course, you can use your CEO. Your thinking skills are online. You can make decisions and have choices. And this is also where we have access to our intuition, our inspiration. This is where you have access to things like forgiveness and acceptance. So in order to create this third entity, to create an equal partnership, a fulfilling partnership, to build each other up, to support each other's dreams and ambitions, we need to have regulation and we'll also want to have co-regulation. Let's review for a second what I mean by nervous system resilience. So resilience refers to our capacity to bounce back from stressors, to bend and not break, to be able to be home and leave head to different zones when needed, but always return home. So it's this flexibility. We need a lot of flexibility in relationships. We need flexibility in life overall. We want flexibility as we navigate challenges and conflicts, the big ones, the small ones, all the things that we inevitably encounter in our relationships. Now, for the rest of the episode, I just want to spend a bit of time talking about the benefits on your marriage when both partners prioritize their own nervous system resilience. Now, there are a ton of benefits. I'm just going to focus on eight. Now, the first one is just more safety. Safety is actually the key to all healing. We need to feel safe in order to heal. We need to feel safe in order to feel. However, it is our job to find and create that safety. We need to cultivate safety for ourselves. We need to learn how to create safety in our bodies, in our environment, and in our relationships. Now, safety is the container where all healing takes place. And safety is not just the absence of danger, but it's truly a felt sense. So as we work on learning about our nervous system and befriending our nervous system, we are actually working on cultivating safety. And if you are both working on it in a relationship, then together you have an understanding of what you need individually and what you both need and what kind of third entity you are wanting to create. So that is one benefit when you focus on your nervous system. Another benefit is just better communication. When we are regulated, that is when we are able to access our communication skills. 
as I've mentioned previously, our communication is going to be fueled by the state of our nervous system. And communication requires both cognitive and emotional skills. And both skills we can maximize when we are regulated, when we're in that zone of resilience. We can be a lot more honest in our communication. We can be much more authentic in our communication when we are working from regulation. Now, the third benefit is better emotional connection. You can own your own emotions. Regulating your nervous system is not the same thing as processing your emotions. Within each state of your nervous system, you have different emotions. So if you are on team hyper, you're going to often find you'll have emotions like anxiety and anger and defensiveness and overwhelm and irritability and frustration. These are all flavored with energy and sometimes even nuanced with danger. So that is reflective of your nervous system state. If you are on team hypo, the emotions that you are likely going to be feeling are things like sadness and disconnection and helplessness and hopelessness, probably going to feel invisible. So you can see your emotions are going to match your state. Your emotions are going to match the physiology of the state that you're in. You can think of your nervous system like being a big building. And on each floor, there are different units and each unit represents a different emotion. Maybe on floor seven is a team hyper floor. So you'll find the frustration room, the anxiety room, the defensive room, the anger room. And you can try to process emotions on that floor, but it's only going to be when you actually change the floor, when you regulate your nervous system first, that you're going to be able to fully process your emotions in a healthy way and to be able to access other emotions. We don't want to just change rooms or units. We actually want to change floors. Now, maybe it's not the best analogy, but I just want to emphasize that often we try to jump in and change our emotions or process our emotions, but we don't try to first deal with our nervous system. If someone is spinning and spinning, jumping in and asking them to process their emotions is not going to be helpful. They first need to start with befriending their nervous system. And we need to start with our own nervous system, and then we have to own our own emotions. Other people don't cause us to feel a certain way. We may feel a certain way, and it can feel like someone is triggering us. So then we want to spend time with our nervous system to ask ourselves what is coming up. Because remember, the nervous system is always working behind the scenes. It's looking at things unconsciously. And that's why we quote unquote feel triggered because our nervous system is scanning for safety and danger. And when it scans for danger, it can feel like we're being triggered. So we want to spend some time getting to know our own nervous system. What is coming up? Where is it coming up? What is my landscape? How is this familiar? How have I experienced this before? Other people don't cause us to feel a certain way. We may be feeling a certain way and it can feel like someone is triggering us. So we want to spend some time with our nervous system to find out what's coming up. Remember, our nervous system is on an unconscious level, constantly scanning for safety and danger. If it picks up on danger, it can feel like we are being triggered. Our nervous system has a physiological response. So you want to spend some time getting to know that. What is coming up? How is it familiar? Where have I experienced this before? You want to do this before you dive into processing your emotions. 
Now, when two people in a relationship are both trying to take care of their own emotional health, they're both trying to learn how to befriend their nervous system, they're both trying to learn and practice processing their emotions, then it's good because they won't end up with maladaptive strategies like resisting or avoiding or suppressing or numbing out from our emotions. In order to regulate our emotions, though, we need access to our CEO. So that means we need to be in a safe zone to get our CEO helping us out. And that's why the number one thing we want to benefit from is safety. When we start learning how to befriend and regulate, we are introducing safety to ourselves. Now, the fourth benefit, when we have regulation, we can have better conflict management. So Deb Dana, she's a clinician in the world of polyvagal theory. She says, it's not a problem in relationships when we have ruptures, as long as there are repairs. And I think it's the Gottman Institute, and there's many others too, but I think the research comes from the Gottman Institute that talks about how it's not conflict that causes problems in relationships. Rather, it's how we fight and how we deal with conflict. How we fight and deal with conflict is directly related to our ability to regulate and co-regulate. I definitely have found this to be true in my relationships. I've been married previously before, as I've shared, and I can see in my first marriage how the way we fought was so different than how my husband and I will argue and fight now. And I do think a lot has to do with regulation. And it's got even much better as both my husband and I have learned more and more about our own personal nervous systems. And then for me, I know that the repair stage is really, really important. This is an opportunity to get closer to someone when we are working on repair. I know for some people, there's a tendency to just like move on, to ignore things. They may say things like, oh, why do you have to keep bringing things up? Why can't you just let things rest? Don't keep bringing things up again. But for me, when I bring things up, it's usually because I don't have closure and I want to try to connect and draw closer. For me, that is key. So my husband knows I don't do well if we just try to move on and ignore something that has happened, which I think was probably his tendency. So we try to hit the middle ground, but I actually do think you can draw closer through conflict when you are regulated. The fifth benefit of learning how to be more regulated and more resilient is overall, you will have better physical and mental health. Why? Because you're going to prioritize self-care. Part of regulation is proper self-care. So many things that you can do that can help you process daily stress or to grow your zone of resilience, to anchor yourself in safety. So many things like movement and meditation and creativity. There's different things that you can practice tools in the moment. You can do body scans and relaxation scans and breathing methods. These are all elements of self-care. Now, our nervous system also needs the basics sleep, sunlight, movement, nutrition. So when we take care of our nervous system, when we listen to what our body needs, we will have better physical and mental health. Not only will we feel better individually, but we can support each other too. It can be very challenging for somebody to be living with pain, chronic pain or chronic illness, which we know both of those are very much linked to nervous system dysregulation. 
But it can also be really challenging to live with someone who suffers from chronic pain and chronic illness. So if we're both taking care of ourselves, if we're both engaging in proper self-care to build up our resilience, then we will individually be healthier and be in a better place to support our partners if they are struggling. Because let's face it, we are all going to experience pain and illness at some point in our life because we are human. It's inevitable. But we can protect ourselves from some things and better equip ourselves to handle other things. Now, the sixth benefit of understanding and befriending the nervous system in a relationship is better intimacy. An important part of a romantic relationship is intimacy. And what do we need when we want to be intimate with our partner? we need safety. Now we may need intimacy mixed in with some hyperarousal, some passion, some spice, some energy, or we may need it mixed in with some hypoarousal, some stillness, some tenderness. Either way, we need safety. And that comes back again to the importance of number one, we need safety. But we also know that sex can be a good way to help us on a daily basis reduce stress. And I'm talking generally here, of course, because it depends on so many things for people. It can depend on whether you're male or female, on the time of day, the time of month, the season of life, whether you have little kids or big kids, your overall health, where things are at with your relationship overall. But regulation can also be a part of it. You need to be taking care of your nervous system if you want to have more intimacy. Now, the seventh benefit is more play. I did a whole episode on play back on episode 126, so go have a listen there. But play is, again, a mixed state. It's a combination of safety and hyperarousal. And play is a way of connecting. It's a way of co-regulating. If we are regulated ourselves, it will be easier for us to engage and play with our partner. And every relationship needs a little bit of fun. Fun can also help with intimacy. We want to be able to enjoy each other and playing together is a great way to do that. And the eighth way that learning about our nervous system and learning about resilience can help our relationship is more growth overall. I think in a relationship, we want to be growing. We want to be learning and trying new things and expanding. And it may involve some failures, but I've said before, failures really just learning. Growth allows us to keep it interesting. And we want to be in charge of our own growth. We both want to be growing. Now, sometimes we don't grow at the same pace. And again, we want to be regulated so we can accept and support somebody else's growth. When I say growth, I don't mean not accepting who you are or constantly pushing someone to change or be better because it's not about being better. Your worth is in being, not doing. But for me, in my relationship, it is about keeping it interesting, keeping some things fresh, keeping some adventure. That, to me, helps with play, with communication, with intimacy. It helps with it all. Just in closing, I want to say that obviously everything I express on this podcast is my point of view. It's not set in stone. Yes, I love to dive into research. I love to see what the studies show. I also borrow from my own experience, but I am not the expert of you. And that to me is one of the most important reasons why you want to get to know your own nervous system intimately, because you are the expert of you. Get to know what it's like to be you. What is it like to be you as a partner? 
My hope here is that I share something that sparks something in you. Maybe it's something you agree with, but maybe it's something you disagree with. That's great. You're learning about you. Follow your intuition. Listen to your nervous system. I hope today's episode is helpful. As you can see, taking care of your nervous system can help in your relationships. But even if you're not in a romantic relationship right now, you can see how most of this work is individual work and it will carry over and it will impact every single relationship and encounter that you have. There is no downside to learning to befriend your nervous system. None at all. Enjoy the journey and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.